0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Griner. She has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Just
1: the
2: tip. (laughs) How do you know? That's Tyler's show. How
3: do you know what a pig penis looks like anyway, Keith?
1: No, I think what she was saying mean? pink.
3: What color are your oh, penises? Pink. You said pink.
1: Not pig. I thought you said pig. It's... No, I'm it's like, pink. It's a pink
3: microphone. He's talking about a pig penis over here and I'm like, I have never seen
4: a pig penis. Same. And I'm not doing a Google search cuz that will mess up the <laughs> the
3: We have learned lessons from this podcast. There are things
1: you shouldn't Google.
3: <laughs> yes
1: hundred percent
5: i just came from a library book sale (gasps) oh and i only bought six books i've like that's good good, though that's good the lid on it you're learning yes when you go to the library book sale i can't fit anything else on my physical tbr
3: shelf (laughs) and i'm very proud of you that you represented when you went to the book sale you're wearing a three book girl shirt oh Um, god that brownie did not
1: sit well at all
4: was it a brownie? Was it like a quote unquote
3: brownie? I
1: was <laughs> just about brownie? to say. I was like, did Dylan bake those brownies <laughs> no. or did you bake them?
3: No, these are Ron brownies. Uh, Ron doesn't approve of Dylan's brownies. Put it that way. I could could
1: see that. Yeah
3: he doesn't participate in that that sort of baked goods
1: the half price books by me closed a couple months back
3: yeah i mm-hmm. saw that i guess those edmund people don't want cheap books
1: snobbery i mean if it means that if, if it means people go and buy books from best of books and support the local bookstore then i feel like that's a win maybe or go to the library we're getting a new edmund library too in the next like three years they're gonna they're building one on my side of edmund And it's going to be the library and a YMCA, like, combo building situation. So I am excited.
3: Ooh, the books will be all sweaty. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And they'll smell like chlorine and dirty socks.
1: Well, I'd rather they build a library on that empty land than build another stupid-ass neighborhood on that empty land. Or another stupid-ass
3: Taco Bell. How many taco stores can you have on one block?
1: In Edmonds, Anywhere. <laughs>
3: they're like everywhere. I mean, see, it's
4: because you're where you are. If you lived up here, it would be car washes and smoke shops, like we roll your own obs- cigarette shops.
1: We have an obscene really? amount of- Roll your own car cigarettes wash
3: stations. Yeah, they're everywhere because the cigarette taxes are so high here. Mm. Uh, see, now that's really interesting. Something I never thought I would hear. I have never heard about that before they're Pe- everywhere people rolling their own smoke i mean my dad did it way many many I many years people ago
1: ohio, the guys in college did that and i never thought about the fact that it was so expensive in ohio for cigarettes that that's why they did it valid <laughs> yeah there's
4: definitely not like a bookstore on every corner you're lucky if you find <laughs> right. a bookstore in, in to the God, town an auto
1: parts
5: store auto, auto parts auto- yeah Mexican
3: restaurants and auto parts stores <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of auto parts, too. Banks. Chicken stores, taco stores. The that's, stores, Yeah, you know, like, stores, you know, we, we, we got a Zaxby's. We got canes.
4: a... Ch- um, Cane oh, like
3: a fast food. Yeah, I'm like it's like
4: everybody taking chickens out to their car. And, Everybody's... Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, not yeah,
1: we have Zaxby's and Canes and cowboy chicken and... Yeah, there's a lot. Chick-fil-A,
3: chicken and pickle, Pickle, Golden Chick, uh, Church's chicken, Church's chicken, Chicken
2: Express, Chicken Express, Oh, yeah, Popeyes.
3: Oh, Popeyes Mm -hmm. is not doesn't go in there because it's superior, so it goes in a separate category.
1: Oh, we forgot. It's still chicken. It's still chicken. Um, chicken and pat, chicken and pickle is like a bar chicken place where you play pickleball. Oh. that's (laughs) that's why <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. cool
3: and then there's chicken foot yeah see there's there's too many chicken stores here i tell you and
1: nashbird we forgot about nashbird oh my
3: god and that's not even and counting they actually sell chicken feet when ron went to Chengdu in china he sent me a picture of chicken foot soup and it had a chicken foot in it
5: that well i asked because when randy evans Went to China. He worked over there for about six, eight months, uh-huh. many years ago. And he said, yeah, he went to the grocery store and there's just packages of chicken, chicken feet. feet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, there's packages of chicken feet at Walmart here if you go to the right Walmart. Yeah. True, Really? Yeah. Ooh. Well, I know you could go the to The one chi- down on Reno and MacArthur sells chicken feet.
1: Yeah. And gizzards probably.
2: And whole hog heads. What? And cow tongues. Yeah. I'm oh yeah. missing cow out cones. on the that's hog head market. Cone. What? <laughs> the, a whole head. A, ho- a whole hog head. whole hog head. Walk, you walk by that freaking hog head, it scares the shit out of you. Co- you're like, whoa. What?
5: How would you cook? <laughs> you <laughs> can buy one and reenact Lord of the Flies. Oh, <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, right? Piggy. When I used to.
2: Get the that's conch one shell. Of the places,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's one of the places that I worked a second job at was cashiering at that Walmart um, that I'm talking about and yeah, yeah. There's nothing like checking out somebody who's buying a whole hog head and some chicken feet. Having a roast. How would you cook a or hog head? Something.
4: Seriously. What? So it's just pretty head. good. Not the body too.
2: No, just- it's just that head. Hmm. I mean, maybe they sell the body and parts in different packages, but. I don't know. I baby. know when I used to be walking through the store, trying to get somewhere a hundred miles per hour. Come across that hog head and it would scare me every freaking time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've you heard ever, alligators good. Have you ever had uh, snake dogs? Go, everybody goes out and they hunt rattlesnakes in the springtime and then they make hot dogs out of them.
1: That does not sound appealing I've at all.
5: I've heard of people eat rattlesnake but not make hot dogs yeah, out of them. Yeah,
3: they'll make a so hot dog have out to of really anything. They really make hot dogs, you just
5: slice them into, you know, eight, 10 inch
3: sections. Ah. Pop them in a bun. Mm, yeah. Yummy, Megan. <laughs> num, 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 num. Get you some I like snake.
4: hot dogs, but I'm not
1: eating a snake dog.
4: What if they like put it in batter and deep fried it? Then it'd mm. be like a snake corn it'd dog. It'd be like nope. fish and chips. <laughs> what would
3: you call
1: that? Disgusting.
3: What would you a call A hiss and chips. <laughs> oh, good
1: one. I knew somebody would that
3: was... get that. All right. And you oh. call
1: the restaurant rattle
3: and crunch. Mm. <laughs> oh, there you go. Sounds delish that's, that's gonna be good.
2: my and pat's restaurant we're, we're opening
3: there you go <laughs> golden rattling golden crunch. crunch
2: yep bite into it and guess what it is <laughs> <laughs> guess what you're crunching
1: is gross
2: all right gross all right hold on okay let me situate okay i gotta put crochet in somewhere that there's not a dog have you not cut the tags off that bag yet <laughs> No, and the sad thing is, is I've been carrying it to work for a couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie, you have a pair of scissors right there, don't you? (laughs) Yes. Gave you that for Christmas last last year. (laughs) I just keep forgetting. Well, Bonnie
1: looks that up. Has anyone else, does anyone else have Paramount Plus? Yeah. Okay, is it just me or are the shows really quiet and then the commercials like deafen you?
4: Yeah.
5: We have we have the no commercial version.
1: Oh. I have like when I'm, cause I started watching long. Picard because I mm-hmm. haven't caught up on it. And I have it like up to like 50 when the show's on and then as soon as it goes to the commercial i'm like cranking it down to like 20
5: because just it's- they use the, the weirdest b- spot. how many of the streaming services are like that though
3: and they're all yeah. going to that now they're going to charge yeah. so much more for the commercial free one because they can make more money off of the commercial one yeah.
1: and mm-hmm. they still not pay up. their actors or their writers so you know it's whatever
2: well they make the commercials those commercials they make the commercials louder so you can hear them while you're in the other room getting something to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they
1: there used to be, like, a law against it. Like They don't care. No. They You can't but
3: make a law against the streaming. No. Because there the was, FCC they is... They do it for TV. Yeah, like, the FCC not won't allow it. But the FCC... They, yeah. they, it's a Wild West out there now. The FCC doesn't have any power.
1: I don't know. I feel like Picard, in particular, is very soft.
3: Well, and use your mute it, button, Megan during the commercials that's what i do i just use my mute button the
4: problem is they come up so in such strange places
3: yeah
1: like Mm -hmm. i feel
4: like when they were on tv you kind of knew when a commercial was coming but i'll be (laughs) sitting there and if it wasn't for the fact that they were loud i'd be like wait a minute why is there now broccoli in this
1: like like, yes it's not like (laughs) the old where they would like fade out to like commercial yeah yeah
3: that's because now they like want mid... you to watch the commercial. They figured out that now you're it's gonna... like
1: mid monologue. They're like commercial. That's a, there are some of the I
5: forget which one it is. One of the ones that's that's a free service, but and you can't you can't opt not to watch the commercials like YouTube 2B or one of those. Oh yeah, 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 freebie. And, and the commercials come up at practically like in mid
3: sentence. They I do. Mean, they yeah, don't wait
5: for any kind of normal place to put them. Yeah,
3: I <laughs> yeah. think freebie is like that. Ron was watching that mm-hmm. the other day. I don't watch any of it. It's just pissing me off.
1: It's okay, because everything in the its mother is getting canceled. So
3: Yeah, I just ride the mute button.
1: I was watching a list of stuff last night that's been canceled, and I was like, well, we're not going to have any TV shows left by the time these strikes are done, so here we are.
2: You ready, V? I'm trying to see if this book has been released yet or not. Vonnie, what's,
3: uh, what you got today? Have you gone back to historical fiction, or are you going wild again?
2: No, I'm still on the lam with my reading. <gasps> oh my God, it's a wild west up in here. I'm going to do something that's usually Keith's forte. <gasps> I read yeah. a book that was sent to us by Macmillan Audio. They sent us a big list, a big long list of upcoming releases. Woo. And one of them sounded good. So I went ahead and told her I was interested. This book actually was released on the 28th of august so it's just been released the library does have copies but there's like a hundred people in line for this book so it must be good i'm just gonna warn you so i'd like to thank amber for letting us know this book is coming out and sending it to me on google play so i actually got to do the audio like i enjoy so woohoo (laughs) this was called good bad girl by alice feeney Alice Feeney, I'm here for it. I think I've read some other of her books, haven't I? I think so. Yes, you have. Martha, you would love it because this is very much a British and Scottish book. I think the main character lives in London but is from Scotland, or one of the main characters. This is a very, very twisty book. This book starts out with a lady at the grocery store with a baby who you just assume is a daughter. There's a lady with a baby and she turns around to talk to somebody. And when she goes back to push the baby stroller, the baby is gone. Whoa. Dude. And then you fast forward 20 years into the future. And the story is about, it's kind of about two different, I'm gonna say families. There's a mother, Frankie, and a daughter. She is going by patience. She has run away from home at 18 because she had a falling out with her mom. She's working at a nursing home and she befriends a resident there named Edith. And she is currently living over top of an art gallery. The owner, whose name is Jude, is letting her stay there for free for certain favors. But I'm not going to say the what the certain favors are. Certain favors. Certain favors. <laughs> and this all is very much at the beginning of the book. And then the director, I guess at the of the uh, nursing home or the elderly residence, I don't know, care facility is murdered and her body is found on an elevator with an out-of-order sign hanging over her neck.
3: Damn.
2: Hmm. And then as the story goes on, Frankie, who has an appointment to see a psychiatrist named Chloe, she goes for her very first appointment, but you get the feeling from some of the, her dialogue in her head that she's been stalking this Chloe lady for quite a while. She knows way too much about her. So, and of course, if you haven't figured out these two individual units of people, everything meshes up at the end, but you don't know why and you don't know how. And as soon as you think that you have it figured out, there's a twist at the very end and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> I so, love it. And I mean, like I, I literally said, oh shit, out loud in my car when I was listening to this. <laughs> it's very much written inside each of the characters' heads. So, besides what they're saying to other people and what's happening around them, you get what they're saying in their heads. So, you know that Frankie is adopted, her adoptive mother was not very nice. She was adopted in a time when they didn't really do a lot of checks. So she didn't really end up with a great family. Um, You also find out that Chloe has some issues herself because of things that have happened. They're very, and this is one of the things that I love about British novels is everybody is so flawed and just perfectly unique. And I just, I love it. I, I I love books like that. I don't like it when a character is too perfect. And this was a great book. I liked it right from the start. I mean, I listened to 15 Minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, going to love this yeah, book. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was, it was pretty awesome. And um, I'm trying to think if there's any trigger warnings um of course a murder happens there's kidnapping involved because a baby is stolen from the grocery store at the very beginning of the book and there's a little bit of um child abuse but it's it's all in memory so nothing is like current currently happening that's super abusive not perfect but I'm just trying to think of how to explain this book without really giving away any clues because things twist around so much. Um, you also find out that Edith had a best friend at the care facility that she's at named May, and the detective who is assigned the case of the the murder case for the director of the care facility is actually may's daughter so it's like everybody in this book like has a connection it's just it's really cool trying to like i, I wanted to sit down and make like a chart like one of those string <laughs> charts like that went up to yeah. everybody well this person's connected like this and this person is connected like this
1: you wanted a murder board
3: Walk
2: into yeah, Bonnie's i needed room, a has got a big spider web of weird crap all over her wall <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that, um, like, I think Keith and Megan both have said something about wanting to make like a family tree when everything gets complicated and all these people are like weirdly connected to the other person. This is that book that you wanted to do that with this book. But it was, um, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. It was very emotionally compelling because you got the inner dialogue From every person it kept you guessing I kind of figured it out but then like I said other things happened and out that I did not see coming and it was it was wonderful it was great I think that everybody should read this book I loved it I would definitely recommend it and I don't think it's complicated Keith you might cry because I mean there's kidnapping and murder but it's nothing too it's no big deal it's just kidnapping and murder (laughs) Just kidnapping and murder. I mean, no babies were thrown into rivers. Yay. (laughs) So, you know. And again, thank you to Amber from Macmillan Audio for sending that to us because it was great. And that book again was called Good Bad Girl by Alice Feeney. And another thing that they did just really quick before we go on that I thought was really cool at the beginning of, you know how they have like part one, part two, part three, Mm -hmm. instead of that, they would say the end at the beginning of each one of the, and then at the very last part, they put the beginning.
1: Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that kind of, when they first said that, I was like, wait a minute, did I start, did I not, (laughs) do I need to rewind what happened?
3: (laughs) Well, you know that I reviewed Alice Feeney's debut novel on this, on this show. Oh, did you? Yep. Sometimes I Lie. That was the one about uh, the when she was in the coma.
2: God, oh, that was good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's a good writer. I like her. I'll read her again for sure. Moving right along.
3: Keith is finally back with us again. We missed you, baby. Thank you. Would you like to go Next. Sure. So the book that I'm reviewing this week is
4: called The Long Game by Elena Armas. And this book comes out on Tuesday, the 5th of September. So in just a couple of days. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to thank Megan Rudloff at Atria Publishing for sending me this book. She knows that I'm a big fan of Elena Armas. So um, really appreciated getting this one. And I love this one just as much as I love all her books. So This book is about a woman named Adeline, and she works for a Miami soccer team. She's kind of a public relations person. Sports romance! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not super sportsy, though, because at the very beginning, she goes and finds the mascot of the team, and she's arguing with him and somebody catches it on camera and she decapitates the mascot. I mean, basically, but I mean, it's a person in yeah. a costume, so <laughs> yeah. she takes the head off, but it's it goes viral and everybody's making a huge deal about how, and it's basically, you know, the kind of thing, oh, this woman, oh, she's losing her mind and attacking this guy for absolutely no reason. And, mm. and it's just really, for whatever reason, it's really getting all sorts of publicity. And that is very bad because her, uh, her boss who is also the owner of the team, who is also her father is really, really upset that all this negative publicity is coming to the team. So he basically tells her she needs to take a step back and he's sending her away for a while until it all blows over.
1: Oh my.
4: So he's telling her that she's going to go work for a different team and he wants her to work closely with this team and, you know, get a good heartwarming story and get them some, some publicity. So he sends her to North Carolina and he sends her to this tiny little backwoods kind of town in North Carolina. And so this woman, Adeline, is this very put together woman. Like she's very business dress. She's always wearing heels and she's showing up. She's driving into dirt roads and things. So the first thing that happens is she shows up at this cabin where she's supposed to stay. And she gets into an accident because she hits a chicken. And she <laughs> she hurts herself. And then she doesn't know it was a chicken, by the way. She just knows she hit something. And she's freaking out that she hit something. Meanwhile, she's got like a h- head injury. And she kind of passes out for a minute. And she goes into reverse. And then she hits a person. <laughs> and it's this oh, no ass dude. And I mean, she doesn't hit him, hit him. Like, she kind of like hits his knees with her car. But... And he is this grumpy ass dude who is basically like, "Um, you shouldn't be here because this is my cabin. And she's all arguing with him because she's rented this Airbnb cabin. Turns out the cabin has this little shed (laughs) and that's what she has rented. And have you ever, like, stayed in a Airbnb where they took these glorious photos and then you get in and you're like, this is nothing like what I, where I'm supposed to be? This place is the pit from hell. Super nasty and basically, like, a shed on the property. Oh, so gosh. that's going great. So she's hit a chicken, she's hit a guy, she's staying in a pit from hell, and then she's looking for the team and she and she's like it's got to be like a now you'll find out how bad at sports I am but you know the like the little teams that feed into the major teams the minor team minor league team Yeah, I don't know what you call them mi- is it a minor league softball uh, yeah. soccer yeah. team yeah he's thinking it's one of those no it's this seven to ten girls <gasps> league
1: so, Oh gosh
4: he's So she has to get this little girl and like one of them plays in a tutu and it's just a mess. And you just, you know, that her father has basically sent her to Nowheresville to punish her. And the guy she's hit with her car is the coach of the team. Oh, no. (laughs) And he actually is, um, he used to be this big time goalie for an L.A. team. And she recognizes him because she's in the industry, but nobody else in town knows who he is. And so this whole book is about her having to like manage this, first off, do little girls teams even need managers? So she's basically like, (laughs) she's coming up with jobs for for herself to do. And she's got all these, (laughs) she's in the middle of nowhere with little tiny girls. And the little girls are scared of her because she's like this professional woman and she's kind of, I mean, she's kind of bitchy and she wears heels everywhere. Like she doesn't own a pair of tennis shoes or a pair of boots. So she goes everywhere in skirts and blouses and it's just a mess. So the whole book is about her trying to redeem herself and trying to prove to her father that she could still be an asset for an actual major team and it's like how do you do that when you're the manager of a seven to ten group of little girls and they're going to like the finals of their age group of for the state but they're only going because they're the only team in the county so oh gosh they made it by default and they and it's almost like a bad news bear situation if you're old and you remember that movie because mm-hmm. these girls, I mean, one of them plays in a 2-2. Their first game, one, one of the little girls scores in her own goal.
3: Oh god, Dude, that happens all the freaking time in kids' soccer. Seriously, none yeah. of, none no, of this mean, is unusual for those of us who've been soccer parents.
4: And they're supposed to play in these like state finals and it's just a mess. So you've got this guy who's a grump and he's not thrilled that he's coaching this team. And then she's, I'm going to use air quotes here because she's managing this team, but I mean, there's not, she's inventing things to do basically. And it's just, it's, it's the funniest thing because I mean, you put in this suicidal rooster who just keeps showing up. He's not dead by the way, the rooster that she hit with her car um and then you've got all these cute little girls and you've got this grumpy jerk guy and you've got all the weird little people in this kind of mayberry tiny little town in the middle of nowhere and it's just so much fun and adorable and it's just a really happy fun loving rom-com that makes my heart happy
1: nice
4: so yeah i really recommend it i i liked it a lot it just made me happy the whole time i was reading it i mean there's all sorts of bizarre situations that's the kind of thing i love madcap hilarity and that again was the long game by elena armas
3: awesome now we got to figure out who goes next what what do you have pat sci-fi okay what do you have megan
1: Kind of sci fi Really? Sci-fi adjacent. Really? (laughs) It'll make sense. Uh, Yeah. That was funny.
3: Okay, well, uh, I guess Megan could go next then.
1: All right. So actually, because last week we talked about Star Trek, I had divine revelation that it was time to read this book that had been on my shelf for a minute. And I'm going to review fan fiction by Brent Spiner, a.k.a. Data, (laughs) for those who are keeping track at home. So, if you ever wondered what would happen if a celebrity wrote a fan fiction about themselves, this is that book. And I don't mean it in a bad way necessarily. (laughs) Uh, um, He calls it like a memoir, like a memoir, but noir. Like, I don't know how he described it. That's funny. He wrote this book and took his time on Star Trek. With So you hear names, you know, Patrick Stewart, Gates McFadden, Jonathan Franks, like all those his friends are in the book. I even had to Google because I was like, how much of this shit actually happened? (laughs) Because I couldn't decide. But basically, most of the book is is a fiction telling of him having a stalker or two. It kind of got gray in the middle if there was maybe more than one. And I laughed earlier when we were talking about when Keith was talking, I don't know if that's going make it in, but when we were talking about my microphone and Martha thought that Keith said pig penis instead of pink penis, because my microphone is pink, uh, because in this book he gets a jar with full of blood with like a pig penis in it. <laughs> that's How? very
4: random and strange.
1: Yeah. But basically he has in the story, in this book, he has a, a stalker and he ends up having to hire a bodyguard and then the FBI gets involved and the FBI agent and the bodyguard are twin sisters. So he kind of like falls for them both because they look the same, but then he realizes he might like one more than the other. <laughs> like, it, <it's> the, <laughs> I don't know if I ever want another author to or another actor to ever write their own version of fan fiction because you should, it's weird. but it's kind of fun because you as you're reading it you're literally like I don't know what's true anymore (laughs) because you can't decide if it actually happened but things that he has in the book did happen to some extent so like he talks about Ronald Reagan coming to visit the set that happened but like the dialogue that is said in the book is not at all what was said on set it's just he took the time of Reagan being there and like made it part of the story it's fun if you if you just want a really weird fan fiction told by the actor that the fan fiction is about.
5: <laughs> this would be right up your alley. So fan fiction, I mean, is it about him as Brent Spiner or is it about Data? So this is him as himself. Ah.
1: So he's on set as Data. Like he talks about trying to get like the gold makeup off his face every night and that the studio paid for him to have a facial every month or, like, every couple weeks because his skin was just, like, falling off from taking all this makeup off all the time. So those are probably things that were true that he worked into this, like, kind of grandiose stalker story. Uh, And I really now question what LeVar Burton's dressing room really was like, because he he described it as, like, LeVar Burton being this, like super kind of crystally guru-y like zen kind of person like that he would have like he's crystals. probably he's probably the exact
3: opposite of that he just did it to piss him off
1: and maybe because i <laughs> i don't know but i have questions for LeVar burton if i ever meet him i'll be like i need you to tell me if any of this was true um, but yeah he he kind of is on the run so to speak from this stalker like he doesn't feel safe at home so he ends up, like, crashing at Jonathan Franks' house. Frakes, not Franks. Frakes, yes. Frakes. I get it wrong every time. Yeah. Because I feel like there should be an N in there. Uh, and I read it. My brain reads it as good call, though, because people be yelling at us from yeah. the galaxies afar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he kind of, like, Will Wheaton gets a mention, but he's at the same time, he's like, well, we, Will Wheaton was, like, a kid, so, like, he wasn't there. Like, he kind of makes <laughs> sure that, like, the Wesley fans get their, like, yay, there's Wesley, but he's not ever actually in the story. <laughs> <laughs> but it really did. I sat down after I, I read it in a day. It's fairly short. It was only, it's only, like, 256 pages. And it's an easy read. But I did sit down afterwards and Google it going, how much of this book? is true like did he really have a stalker that sent him a pig penis (laughs) yeah see martha stepped out of the room for that so i had to circle back to it i'm sure he had stalkers i'm sure they all did it was the early 90s but it was a trip of just him kind of taking his own time on star trek and then making it weird i'm here for it (laughs) yeah it was fun and i didn't read it earlier because I had, I bought at a Lego event that they did here in town last year. I bought like a little mini Lego data because I had just bought the book. And I said to the girl when I bought the book, I was like, oh, he can sit on the shelf next to his book. I was like, I'm sure that book's kind of entertaining. And she was like, no, it's it's not. So I was like, oh, <laughs> like, so I didn't want to, I didn't read it for a while because I just kept thinking of her like reaction to it. And I, it's, it's worth the read, but if you are a person like myself who has read a lot of fan fiction, you're going to be like, this is why we don't want celebrities writing their own fan fiction. (laughs) But like in the best way possible, not hating on the book at all because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, It also makes me wonder how many other celebrities have written fan fiction about themselves that we don't know about that (laughs) could be really entertaining.
5: There's at least one other Star Trek one who is, only he's written true Star Trek fan fiction, Andrew Robinson who played Garrick in Deep Space Nine Oh, see, I never watched Deep Space Nine. He's written a a Star Trek novel that prominently features Garrick. (laughs) And I haven't read it, but my husband has. And he said it was, as Star Trek books go, pretty decent.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. I haven't read a lot of the Star Trek books. I, I wrote down in my notes as I was, I got a new reading journal. So I wrote down overall impressions. I said a bit unbelievable pretty quickly (laughs) (laughs) when when he goes to his trailer and like the mailman just hands him a box with like a pig penis in it Uh, but like maybe security at the studio maybe should have been a little better so that was (laughs) and you can't decide if you trust the mailman I feel like the mailman (laughs) is part of the problem (laughs) because (laughs) I think the mailman is stealing his mail and answering it sometimes because he has this woman who's like, you called me last night. And I was like, but did did someone really call her? Or did like is the mailman stealing his fan mail and calling this woman? Like, you never really know what's going on with all these side people. But I actually, I, I didn't have a clear image of his voice in my head because I haven't watched Star Trek in a minute. So I actually had a like YouTube videos of him just talking because I just needed to be able to read it in his voice because it just added something to it. But yeah, I would recommend if you are a Star Trek fan, don't go into it expecting a serious novel by any means. (laughs) But it's interesting. And then I also want to know, like, what's true and what's not true. And I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) I should have read this book like three years ago when LeVar Burton was in Tulsa for an event and and gone and been like, hey, (laughs) it hasn't been out that long. I think it came out during the pandemic. But now I want to rewind time. And go ask LeVar Burton what the hell your dressing room was actually like. <laughs> maybe he is a crystal y charger, crystals in the moon, Zen kind of person. I don't know.
4: I bet his dressing room's just full of books.
1: Maybe. Could be. Maybe you're right. Maybe he was like, I'll get you back, buddy, for one of these pranks. I'm gonna make your trailer sound insane. <laughs> uh, and he made the guy that um I can't ever I can't think of his name, Pat. Um the guy that plays Worf. Oh, Michael Dorn. Yes. Michael Dorn. It feels like he's just wharf all the time because he only mentions <laughs> him like once or twice. And he's very just like, go away, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're sitting in makeup together, both miserable. And he's just like grouchy as ever. Uh, so <laughs> I thought that was fun. I liked it more than I thought I would, because I was very nervous after that girl kind of stuck her nose up to it. Uh, But it will stay on my shelf with my little data Lego guy hanging out. He will survive the book culling (laughs) and to see another day. And that is Fan Fiction by Brent Spiner.
5: That sounds like fun. That's totally going on my TV.
1: I was going to say. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, that's
3: definitely a Pat book, too. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of Pat. I have another Adrian
5: Tchaikovsky. This one is called And Put Away Childish Things. Technically, it's listed as a novella. It's a little over 200 pages. So to my thinking, a little long for a novella. It's more like a short novel. And it's a very interesting one. It's a partially fantasy book with some elements of sci-fi. The main character is Harry Bodie, who is a, what they call a TV presenter in England, a, sort of an MC, a host on a children's television show. He's not very successful. He doesn't really like the kids. The kids don't really like him. (laughs) His bosses don't really like him. He's struggling. He's trying to get himself promoted to a better show, but he's just kind of stuck. The main thing that he's famous for, besides being this mediocre presenter on a kid's TV show, is the fact that his grandmother wrote a series of children's books called The Underhill Books which are, the implication is that they're kind of similar to the Narnia books. I never read the Narnia books, so I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage there. I know a few basic things about them, but not the details. I suspect that if you were a Narnia fan, this book is going to be funnier in lots more levels than just the surface. But it's a good book, just even if you haven't read the Narnia books. Harry goes on a TV show. It's kind of like, what was that old one used to be called? Uh, This is your life or something like that, uh, where they would get people on and then explore into their past. So he gets on this show and finds out that what they've dug up is the fact that not only was his grandmother the author of this series of books, but his great grandmother, her mother, spent her life in an insane asylum and died there. And people are and he's he's a little weirded out to find that out. And that's just the first step. People now know this about him, and he's approached one evening by this woman who claims to be a lawyer. she She wants to set up a meeting with him. And so they meet at a pub, and she's claims to be representing this group of of people who have an interest in his. Grandmother's books. Well, as it turns out, she's not really a lawyer. And this group of people is a true bunch of loonies, or so they seem. They are people who believe that the Underhill stories are real, that Underhill really exists somewhere, and that he, as the heir to the stories, must know how to get there. So they kidnap him. They throw him in a, lock him up in a room and they're holding him prisoner. And he just barely manages to escape. And he finds out that Rebecca, this woman who had approached him and claimed to be a lawyer is in fact, not a lawyer. She's a folklorist, a folklorist who's trying to basically find a topic for her thesis so that she can write about these Underhill stories. Well, through a couple of interesting events, you find out that first of all this group of loonies is absolutely right underhill does exist and he finds himself transported there uh, and that's where the one thing i know about the the narnia stories is you get there through the wardrobe well you get there through a wardrobe in this book too but they have to break into somebody's house they find the wardrobe it's kind of, it's full of crap they have to they pull it out they have to break the back of the wardrobe they get, it's just Things go amok, but uh, but they do get into Underhill, and Underhill is not the happy place of the children's books. The characters are weird and creepy. They're kind of, they're sort of starting to deteriorate. They're like they're there's a, one of the main characters is a fawn, a fawn with a U, not a W. So you know, kind of like a pan-like figure, and his his fur is shabby and sloughing off, and things are. It's like things are just not good with anything there. It's constantly snowing, but the snow isn't real snow. It's more like, it's like something ashy. It doesn't melt. There's just this constant coating of grayish white stuff falling everywhere. And as it turns out, Underhill is in a state of decline because it needs someone to take the uh, the driving force behind it, is a figure who's a sort of a magician-like figure. And this magician-like figure has to renew his energy, his life force, at least once in every lifetime, shall we say. And how that happens ties into why his great-grandmother was in the insane asylum, ties into why Harry doesn't really want to stay in Underhill because it's getting creepier by the minute, and... Harry's not a very likable character at the beginning. He's selfish, he's whiny, he's self-pitying, but we see him through the course of this experience go through some real growth. He, he looks at a bad situation and he's like, he has an option. He can turn his back and just say, not my problem and leave it all behind, or he can do something to try and help. And, it's a, and in the course of the book, this is a minor, well, it's sort of a spoiler, but it's not a very specific one. He does make the option to do something to try and help. There's a lot of funny stuff. If you have read well, really anything in the genre of what they call portal fantasy, where people pass through some kind of portal and go into another world, it's got some fun parodies of that kind of thing. And Harry turns out to be a pretty interesting character. So does Rebecca, the lawyer slash folklorist. And like all of Adrian Tchaikovsky's works, I think it's very cleverly written. It's pretty intricately plotted. He doesn't leave holes in his plot line. Things are thought through well and connected well. And it's a very entertaining read. Although if you're fond of portal fiction and if you're fond of the Narnia books, it might give you reason to go, hmm, maybe there's a darker side here. Maybe there's something else we should be thinking about. That is And Put Away Childish Things by Adrian
3: Tchaikovsky. Yet another one to add to my TBR. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, last week I had kind of hinted that I was going to review a book that would have an answer to a burning question. So this week I'm reviewing a book called Gross Anatomy, Dispatches from the Front by Mara Altman. You know, I've read several of Mary Roach's books. And it's similar in that it's a nonfiction book about gross things. But in this case, it's more like she starts it out and it's more like an open letter to her intended Uh, Sort of when it begins, you know, because she's talking about stuff and she's like, honey, if you really knew how hairy I really am, you would not want to marry me because I have to do all this hair removal. You know, she's just really, she's very insecure about her body and what woman isn't. I mean, we all have issues no matter how thin or fluffy or whatever doesn't make any difference we all have um, insecurities about our bodies this one is interesting because it's broken down into different chapters um, the first one is i think it's the first one is mostly about hair and hair removal and places that hair grows where it should not grow like nipples for example because there are a lot of women who have hairy nipples but the interesting things that she does is she brings in she digs a little deeper into that and she'll have like a little research goes into each one of the topics that she talks about. Um, When she's doing the one about boobs, for example, (laughs) she kind of has a few experts here and there. But the interesting thing that she does is she chooses to go on this, on this topless bike ride through the middle of the city with these other women. And she actually does it. And then talks about (laughs) What happened? Butts. She talks about butts. She talks about all this different stuff to do with that. Um, hemorrhoids and poop and, you know, all the good, fun topics that go <laughs> along with that. Belly buttons. That's another thing that she kind of goes into, which is last week we were discussing belly buttons because we had the belly button stickers. And someone asked the question, do dogs have belly buttons? And the answer is no, they don't. Hmm. Hmm. So there you go. That's that's your answer. She also digs into PMS. Hmm. And that's the last chapter. And it was really, I think, my favorite. Because it goes a lot deeper, I think, in any relationship. Where your behavior sometimes bubbles out over the top of your niceness. And there are certain times of the month where you might be a little bit more irritated. So stuff just Mm -hmm. comes out. Um, So she sort of explores that why it happens. She wants to know more about it. So she looks for experts to help her answer all of those questions. She even goes to this, this wackadoo red tent type thing where, you know, she goes and stays in a yurt and does all this hippy dippy weird shit to try to find out what the deal she goes to a nudist colony with her mother <laughs> I mean,
0: it, it, awesome. this was this
3: book was so much fun I would not only recommend it for you guys but I would recommend it for young women as well because to hear a grown woman talk about all of the things she feels insecure about and to try to find some answers for those things was incredibly freeing because a lot of times we don't talk about these things we don't talk about the unmentionable things about our body that make us uncomfortable that that doesn't come up in polite conversation so I really dug this book it was a lot of fun it was something that was just completely different from anything I usually read and I really enjoyed it I gave it five stars And it's called Gross Anatomy, Dispatches from the Front by Mara Altman. Very cool. And it was kind of short, too. And I read it on audio. When I say short, I mean, my idea of short short. is like six hours or something. Because I always listen. So between six and eight hours, I consider short for an audio book. So it was good. It was definitely the kind of thing that just a great palate cleanse. Laugh out loud, funny at times. I really enjoyed her sense of humor.
1: So, if you want to see Martha Vani and I in person tomorrow, AKA Labor Day, if you're listening to this on Sunday when it comes out, you can come join us at ReaderCon here in Oklahoma City. Uh, we'll be hanging out for the day. I think we're bringing our gear going to do some interviews to put up on our YouTube page. Woo-hoo. Um do some TikTok fun things, just do whatever. In other words, Megan's going to do
3: Megan's going to do the fun TikTok things and Vonnie and I will maybe participate if we feel really TikTok-y at that moment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, Because that's so usually we'll how that some, works Yes, So we'll do some just hanging out I don't know exactly what our plans are I know we're bringing gear That's about as far as we got And we have a table Google OKC ReaderCon um, You can find it It's free to come to as far as I remember And I we'll it be is, there yeah. from 9 to 5 On Monday on Labor working Day Working 9 to 5 Two on our five. only day off <laughs> I know Everyone's like what are you doing for the long the weekend I was like working my other job <laughs> this
3: isn't a job it's a it's a jobby it's a, like a well, cross it's, between it's a job too- and a hobby A jobby.
1: <laughs> well, my mom started calling it my second job to the dar women because it was easier to say going to a second job than it was trying to explain what the hell a podcast is (laughs)
3: to those women yeah i can see why (laughs)
1: mabel what's a podcast yeah so it it, has mom just always when they're like where's megan running off to she's like oh she's got to go do her second job (laughs) and they're like oh yeah because it's far easier to say that than it is to be like so i do this thing it's called a podcast it's like the cooler version of talk radio
3: (laughs) (laughs) talk radio without a
5: filter I just exactly. put fan fiction on put a hold on it on the library for the oh yeah You'll awesome. let me know. What you think. It- for the audio book because I want to hear Brent Spiner read it so. of course, I'm
1: assuming yes. he's, a narrator. He he is. he's a narrator yeah he I is think- yeah oh good I started to
3: listen to it but I don't have any of the connections to Star Trek to make it interesting enough for me to keep oh, listening so that's yeah. why I didn't keep going with it but
1: I bet it's great with him reading it because it's probably hilarious because he's got a very kind of dry humor. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I
3: yeah, would be interested does. to hear what you guys think of the one that I read if you ever choose to read it because I don't know if it was just me that loved it or it sounds pretty entertaining. I, I thought it was so. If anybody else decides he's to read one that, one of the let authors that I will read nonfiction from. So yeah, awesome. I like Mary Roach's stuff, so I would say. Oh, so do I, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't quite as in-depth as Mary Roach. This was more like a personal approach. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you hear a lot about her life and stuff.
2: The safety features on my car saved my life this week. (gasps) Yeah, What? (laughs) That's not funny. That's good. I mean, I might be, like, exaggerating a little bit, but I'm on I-40, you know, rush hour traffic and if anyone's driven i-40 you know that it can go from 70 to 30 Mm. in like an eighth of a mile just like just like that and for no friggin' reason i don't even understand why but it does all the time well the guy in front of me didn't have brake lights (gasps) oh jesus luckily like i wasn't like right on his ass or anything i wasn't tailgating but my car beeped at me Cause I was looking at the person next to me. Who's like swerving through lanes and stuff. And my car beeped at me and I looked up and that guy was stopped. Holy shit. Yeah. Cause. Yikes. Yeah. Cause you know, when you're driving and you kind of look over to the other. It only takes a second
3: for somebody to stop in front of you and you don't notice. Holy shit. Yeah.
2: If he would have had brake lights, I would have been able to see him light up in the corner of my eye and then yeah yeah, he didn't have brake lights and why the hell are you driving in rush hour traffic on an interstate that comes to a sudden stop regularly without brake lights
1: he probably doesn't know they're out
2: you know he needs to get a clue because (laughs) that is
3: that's just insane you probably saved not only your life but his life as well
2: yeah Yeah. because when you're
3: going that fast holy shit that is so freaky yeah, yeah, yeah. now i need to have a new car so i can have that safety feature <laughs> i think don't you have that where no. it beeps at you no mm-hmm. it, it beeps oh. at me on the sides like if i but not like if i try to no. turn uh and there's already a car there it'll beep so that i won't yeah like turn and then the little light doesn't huh? does do front and back though uh-uh huh in the ba- like if i'm backing up and somebody uh if another if somebody moves back there like if a car if there's any movement at all in the back when you're backing up it'll beep yeah and put up little <laughs> flashers or whatever
5: my beeps at so many things it's like what what is it now what
1: what (laughs) god damn it my car yells at me
2: more than my phone does
1: (laughs) people said you thought barbie was bad y'all ain't ready for what's about to show up for these taylor swift movies it's gonna be crazy
2: i saw my one movie for the year i will not be going to see taylor swift i
4: don't even watch one
2: movie a year Well, I say that. I think that's the first movie I've been to. You went to two movies. What do you mean? Okay. I went to two movies this year. Actually, I've been to the movies a few times Three times.
3: Because we went to see Indiana Jones. No, you weren't with me at Indiana Jones.
2: Yeah, I was going to say I didn't see Indiana Jones. I went to see um, Wizard of Oz with Tyler on Mother's Day. And then I saw two movies last weekend. So I'm good for a couple of years. (laughs)
1: with the rate we're going it's going to be a couple years till we get any damn movies back in the theaters so you're (laughs) saying
5: a lot of old movies in the theaters yeah to be a bigger and bigger thing which is kind of cool to get to see some of those really neat old ones you know there's a
2: there's a movie theater down here called flicks and they have a lot of old movies do you know what movie they're playing and i don't know if anyone else knows this movie but it was one of my favorites the last starfighter Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, the Last Starfighter. Cool. God, that it's was a gonna cool one. It's going to be at Flix next week, on, but it's, like, on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Tuesday's man. Retro oh. Movie Day.
1: They do retro movies a lot on Tuesdays because it's, like, a slower movie day, like, attendance day.
2: Man. Now, see, if they were still having $4 movie day and that was on, I would definitely pay to go see it. Some
1: theaters do $5 Tuesday or $6 Tuesday because, like I said, it's a slower day, so they try well, to Well, I don't know in. what
3: y'all are talking about because – I am really jonesing to get off of this call so that I can go start Dungeon Crawler Carl, which just yes. came out and is sitting in my Audible account right now.
1: <laughs> Number five. Well, I guess we better let Martha go so she doesn't lose her shit. <laughs> <laughs> and next... I'd hate for that to
3: happen. I know. I know. Next week, you bitches are going to be without me, so i'll be i'll be i'll be listening to dungeon crawler carl actually that's not going to take me that long
2: (laughs) carl and every time every time you say carl all i can think of is llama and hats carl no that kills people don't ruin it for me (laughs) see because all i hear is rick grimes going
1: carl
3: (laughs) (laughs) fuck you guys man you're ruining it for me (laughs) (laughs) carl (laughs) Charlie.
2: By the way, Keith, I watched Charlie the Unicorn, that one that you told me to watch. Oh, I love Charlie. Oh my God, that was so freaking... Frickin- it was so, so strange and funny. The boys used to watch oh, that. Oh, Charlie
4: shit. the Unicorn. Oh, <sighs>
2: oh I love... K- we
1: used to quote that all the time in college. We would just look at each other randomly like, oh, Charlie, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Magical Unicorn Mountain, oh, Charlie, it's oh god we gotta
3: go we're downward spiral and yes we are and that's gonna do it for three Three book girls Girls. can't
0: get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook